Testing one, two, three. It was from run I recorded the other day. Oh, do you have them at the right level? I don't know. That's the only thing. Look how good of a producer we have, Josh. Did you push record on the computer cam? Yep, that I did. Oh, good. Oh, good. Don't want to miss this hot this behind one, the scenes action. This one's, this one's red, so it, that one's good. Oh, okay. Oh, now, Kim, do you remember what you need to do? Producer Kim? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Other than I know we get to find out what the yellow button yes, means that's what today. I'm talking about. Okay. You get to push a new button so he we can figure so out vague. what it is. We have a podcast mystery. We're going to do that right off we the bat. Are we going to wait? We can't wait. I was hoping we could, but I figured we'd have to wait. Edge our listeners a little. To- See, <laughs> all right, let's let's is- wait. A, let's wait until <gasps> no, before no, no, we no, get no, to no. our mystery. No, Tease. we need to do it before because producer Kim. Now that she knows what some of these buttons are. Oh, yeah, the beep. Don't forget the bleeping. Bleep, bleep. I'll be No, you can push buttons. prior buttons at any point in time. Already pressed buttons are free yeah. game. Yeah. It Make my the, voice steep. The orange button. The pink one and the orange one, right? Yeah, the orange button. The devil. Yeah, go ahead and push it. Hello. The no. devil. It only changes my voice every time. Ha, ha. <laughs> I want to try it sometime. Do a good ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Kim will do anything for $20. That's a lie. Say, <laughs> I'm a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious that it only and does it to my mouth. <laughs> good gosh. And don't make me warning. have to tell you that again, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see what the yellow one. Well, there's two yellow ones. There's a yellow one on. Well, that pro- one is lime green. This one? The bottom one. Okay, so this was the yellow Yes. One. All right, let's see. Hello, Shane. Shane? Oh, oh, it's like a no. robot. You can- My name is Shane. Sing it. <laughs> to sing to you. Why would you want to sing? Don't, don't torture know. our people that way. Hang on. Kim, you know, oddly enough, I do have a song today. You should have sang. my mystery. You should have sang, no matter how hard I try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little cheap <laughs> Me over and poor. Me. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. The the things that we get uh, so excited about. Simple button. I have a story. Oh god! I want to tell you this before I forget. The mystery story podcast. I've been killing. I've been dying. You've been killing. No, I've been. Oh my god! I knew she had confession time with Kimberly. Okay, so. If you know me, you know I cannot stand to have alerts on my phone. Oh, if, it, if it says it has five emails, I'm opening those because I can't stand. Yeah. Do you I know? turn them off. There are people. I've seen people's phones. They'll have thousands oh, stresses of alerts. Out. Do you want to see what I woke up to this morning? What did you oh, wake God. up to? If there's a red dot on an app, it stresses me out. <laughs> me too. <laughs> I will go in and turn oh, off apps. Oh, my God. It's I do. gone. 
Did it disappear? Oh, wait. It could be because I have it on Do Not Disturb. Yeah, I bet it is because your notifications turn off. Let me turn it off for a second. Watch your daughter FaceTime the moment you turn it off. So, you know how bad I am. Every morning, first thing I do is go through everything to get rid of the alerts, right? Yeah. So, I get up this morning. Do you want to see how many emails I had? Oh, God. 18,499. <laughs> and that was after I deleted 300 of them. There was that, over 21,000. What did you do? They're old. I don't know why it did it, but some <laughs> of them, because I started deleting them, and it some of them were them. from last month. So I know they have to just be really old. Are they just ones. spam emails? It's just junk. Every unread email in your folder. Maybe. I, I, don't I would know. delete the email. Like at this point in time, that email's gone. Get a new email. It, this, name, this would be me. 18,000. There's no way I have enough time to go through that. That email is dead to me. That belongs to the internet. Now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm be, getting a new email. I'll be up until three o'clock in the morning deleting emails. <laughs> we have a new email for you, Kim. Producer Kim at gmail.com. Hey! Yes. Yeah, producer Kim, and if it's taken, we have to. Oh my yeah, gosh, we're we'll gonna be so Kim sad, <laughs> right? It'll be producer Kim six nine six nine six nine. Yeah, we'll uh, have to. We'll have I to hope make producer that one. Kim is available, but that would, that would be, be so cool. fun. Yeah, then my followers have a direct yeah. line to get to if, me. If if it's not available, maybe you can do like producer Velma, producer Kimberly. Mm. Yeah, producer Kimberly. Producer, figure yeah. something out. Yeah, you'll figure it out the email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like the producer Kim idea. Yeah, I could always, that's cute. I could always do like my personal one and have Amber and Emily's initial in it mm-hmm. at the end or yeah. or a year yeah. or prokim at gmail <laughs> Sounds like a <laughs> erectile dysfunction supplement. Have you tried <sighs> prokim? Listen, so you know how sometimes when you're bored or sitting on the toilet and you just like randomly scroll through Amazon? Oh, yeah. Like, that's when I delete my emails. <laughs> well, that's no, when yeah, I, I've been you're... buying Christmas presents that way. That's what I do. I thought of you on the shitter and right. you love right? it. So I know a lot of people like will scroll through TikTok, but I'm not a, a person that typically scrolls through TikTok. I'll scroll through Amazon to buy gifts for people typically. And I was scrolling through Amazon and I saw. This, and do not judge me, friends, okay, who are listening. You know do I judge, judge you me. on a daily basis. Listen, Kim, no one asked you. And anyway, so I saw this pill, and it was like a fiber supplement. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this looks fun. And I thought it was so interesting because the way that they market it was so different than a typical fiber supplement. And I can't remember the name of the pill, but it was like, it was fun. And I thought, oh, this looks like it would be useful. And I saw that the name of the company, and I was like, oh, I bet that they have like a multivitamin, you know, and I take multivitamins. And I got to look in, and I realized that these are for gay men. Oh, the, the fiber pills to, yeah. for bottoms. And then I was like, wait a minute, was that fiber pill, was it also for gay men? And I went back and I started looking through like the description, and it's so vague that I couldn't catch it when I initially read through it. But then with my gay glasses on, <laughs> I read it again. And like even in the pictures, it just showed a man. It didn't show like two men. Right. Or preparing with two men, you know. A man in a job question. strap. Yeah. Winking. I have a question. What? You have gay glasses? <laughs> yeah, I gave them to yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. 
with my knowledge of the gay I culture see, is my gay classes. With how open I am about everything, because I learned Shane about is a yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> I didn't know about prep until Josh just happened to mention prep one day, and I was like, oh, I see commercials for prep all the time. I didn't realize that that was a gay thing. I just thought, oh, well, I mean, another commercial can... I'm ignoring. <laughs> see, I have a gay dar, not gay glasses. Gaydar. You do. I don't know what the new term for it is, but we called it fag hags in our day. <laughs> we just, Kim's one of them women we just flocked to. She like, I have a lot of good emits friends. an energy of, I'm a safe place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't judge. It's not my place to judge. I love me a, a fag hag. Uh, I've been my best friends my whole life. <laughs> That's hilarious. There's nothing better than having a gay male friend go out and Look at guys, right? You know, and we've talked about it before. We have our the same type mm-hmm. of guy. We're always checking out what's mm-hmm. on the menu. <laughs> when we went to Tennessee that one year, years ago, and we went for Christmas, and we went to all those musicals and stuff. <laughs> you he was and I... sitting on one end of the group. I was sitting on the other, and we were texting back and forth, going, "Oh, look at the guy here! Look at the guy oh there!" My oh my gosh! Yeah, it was hilarious because even in that one musical that we watched, you both were like imagining what those men were looking like naked. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I got on Grinder afterwards. I saw what they looked like. <laughs> they were all on there. I knew I'm, they would be too. I'm surprised Kim doesn't have a Grinder profile <laughs> just, to just to just to watch just them. To be friends. I like uh-huh. to see penises within a mile of me. It's just a fun. I collect them like Pokemon cards. That's why I have so many in my phone. Mostly, I like to keep the ones I've been with. That way, when I'm a real old lady, I can look back and be like, I did that. <laughs> See, that's why I got you that blank. Right. I print them off. And... Yeah, print them out. Just stick them in that book and you'll now, have see, your own book. Kim does have a new man. Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, no, Josh, you don't know about this one. Mm-hmm. She has a new man. Oh, not the Cracker Barrel over. man? No, this no, is a Bruce new one. Bruce is still in oh, my Oh, the basement. tree guy? Yeah. No, no, not the tree guy. No. Kim gets around. No. She I've does. Been, I've been having this internet one, problems. We call him Cable Daddy. Oh, Cable Daddy. Cable Daddy. Mm-hmm. Cable Daddy. He was over at her house. Yesterday. Working on her internet. and Land some pipes. Mm-hmm. She needed some other lines mm-hmm. fixed, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I texted Shane and I said... I now have two men tied up in my basement. And he Ooh, gave baby. her his number. I got his number. Oh. He's like, if you have any other internet problems, you let me know, you sweetheart. Send him a, a, a he kind of gave me a little wink. I would have already Did you show him your him BVDs? All the pictures. <laughs> no, I don't have any BVDs. You don't wear BVDs? No, we don't. You don't wear any BVDs? Do I have mine on today? Now I have my mystery machine undies. Oh, that's hilarious. Got Speaking it. of apparel. Outfit. Yeah, we have our pajamas on. Yes. Yeah, our New Year's episode. So yeah. we're having a nice Happy pajamas. New Year, everybody. <laughs> New Year. We have our pajamas on. Josh and I have our Golden Girls blanket that Kim got us for Christmas. Nice and warm. It is. I don't know if you saw this, but my the top for my gown like it's like a sleeping gown. Yeah. I bought it because I saw it at the store one day and it reminded me of Willy Wonka. Yeah. Like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm. I want I was, one of those caps like Ebenezer yeah, Scrooge. I've has. not found one of those yet. But it reminded me of like how his grandparents, you know, had like the full on oh, yeah, yeah. nightgowns. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want a nightgown. And then I found a place that had like long nightgowns <laughs> for someone who's six foot nine. So this is a really long nightgown. Did you order it or did you actually see it in a store? 
Oh, I had a special order this uh, sucker. Just you and like I are so similar. I as when I was a little kid, I've always wanted Ebenezer Scrooge's nightgown and oh, nightcap. Yeah. You get your house slippers and a robe on. Yeah. Oh. Well, and I also I love the idea of large clothing, just something large that like just swallows you. Mm-hmm. So I've always wanted an overcoat. Oh, and, yeah. and one day a couple of years ago, I finally like found one that I could wear. Like, yeah, and huge. we had it. Special emblem, yeah, put, put onto it. Emblem of the company on it, okay. yeah. And we have a special picture. We will put it on our Patreon so people can see it, and we'll also put it on Instagram. Looks like the one Hagrid wore, just nicer, a yes, lot nicer. But we have a picture of Kim putting it on. Oh God! And if you ever want to <laughs> see, I forgot I did that. A really short her. person, yeah, wearing. <laughs> it is so Tiny funny. Kim in a big yeah. old coat. I mean, it looks like a child is trying to wear a man's coat. It is so funny. Trying to sneak into the movies like on The Little Rascals when two kids put on an overcoat like an adult. Right. Speaking of movies, Josh. Now, you guys, you know that I'm not a complainer. Oh, Lord. I'm just, know. it's just not a part of me. Kim and I went with our buddy to go watch the new Hunger Games prequel. Oh, yeah. And we had these nice, it was actually in the, one of the old movie theaters that I used to work at. And it was in a, these nice recliners, had a nice jolly old time. Did you know, this is not the complaining part, but did you guys <laughs> know this? I want our friends out there listening to know if you don't know this. And if you have been like deciding, like, oh, do I want to go to a movie theater? Do I not? If you do not know this, AMC, I don't know about other theaters, but AMC, some of the theaters, you can like order from your seat. Yeah. And they'll deliver it. Yeah. I mean, you got to miss the movie. Now, what they're missing out on, I don't do the whole alcohol thing. Like some of them have right. bars in it. I really don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so why do they not have like coffee beverages at this point in movie theaters? Like Especially I want some when... like frappuccino. Right. I want a mocha. I want a cappuccino. We seen it really late, so yeah. I mean, coffee would have Give been me an great. Espresso. Yeah. Now you can buy like a black coffee, but I'm not yeah, drinking no. a black Mm-mm. coffee from the movie theater. Yeah. It's gonna be Gross. burned. And, no ugh. kidding. Mm-mm. So I did have like some movie theater person bring me a drink. Yeah, we go in there. Should have got and... Starbucks, DoorDash. <laughs> <laughs> Should have. That would have been funny. They won't let you. But yeah. Yeah, we go in there, and our buddy Dave he goes up and gets his drink, and I'm like, well, I think I'll just go ahead and get something to drink. And I said, Shane, do you, need, you want anything? He's like, oh no, no, I, no, no, I'm I'm on a diet. I don't want to pee. Yeah. So I get my drink. I'll go without. I get my drink. We go in. We go in and sit down and here a little bit comes this person bringing a bag and hands it to him. I said, you boozy bitch. Oh, wait. Rich. Right. Right. But you know what I, I got really annoyed with during the movie? Next to me, this man and this woman, they talked during the entire movie. Uh-uh. And not even about the movie. Hell What's going no. on in their life? I, they may have even been on a date. I have no idea. So well, there we go. Tap on the movie. shoulder. Excuse me. Oh would you gosh. kindly mind shutting the hell up? Oh, it, it was so annoying. Why would you go to a movie to sit and talk? You go out to dinner right. and sit across from each other to do that stuff. Right. You go to a movie, you sit no, and watch the movie. if I'm paying for a movie and people are interrupting it, I, that's the one time where I am. I will 
look right at oh them and be gosh. like, you mind getting the hell out of here? I was getting so annoyed. I just kept thinking to myself, be a good person today, Shane. Be a Why? good person today, Shane. They're not being good people. That's rude as hell. I know. I, I was think it's funny so that you aggravated. have to remind yourself of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people have guns and, mm. you know, I am a big guy and sometimes I recognize in the people who I might have an issue with. If they look like they might be Gary. <laughs> Go ahead and shoot me, mother. <laughs> right. But yeah, that was... Your ass going to prison, and then you'll be gayer than I am, so... <laughs> but that was my little complainer that I had mm. for us today. And also, so, the, like, the chairs that they have, there's a little arm that you can put in between you, or you yeah. can pull it up. And Kim and I are both a little larger people. And as soon as we went to go sit in that chair, both of us were too big for the arm to be there. So we're like, well, no, that thing has to come up. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, that can't be there. Hey, it's inclusive. (laughs) Right. A lot of them, they're stationary. That's true. Even when I get in them, I'm like, this is like worse than an airplane. Well, what I do get annoyed with, with those recliners, it's just where they put that stupid button. I hit that thing oh, with my leg. Every yes. time I move, I'm yeah. either going up or I'm going down. It'll I'm scare like, the hell out of me. Yeah. I'll be sitting there in a scary movie and all of a sudden. Yeah, I oh. feel like every time I move, I just grab my drink I just randomly. Oh, there goes my chair. Mm-hmm. It's so annoying. I'm like, why don't mm-hmm. they put that on the very front of yeah, the right. chair? That would be the smart place to put it anyway. But I don't know if you guys know this. I bet you don't. Probably not. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right, huh? I bet you'll tell us, Shane. And I bet you're right. I'm sure you will. I bet you're right. So, when I first started working at the movie theater, before I had gone off to college, it was originally a Carasotis theater. And AMC had just purchased it. They were just in the process of purchasing it. Once AMC took over the movie theater, I was working in the box office, typically. And... They brought in their award system, and suddenly we didn't have to wear our bow ties anymore. Ooh. We were, I know, we were allowed just to wear a black t shirt. And one of the things that they allowed was if you had an, a suggestion or an idea, you could submit it online on using like the work computer to corporate. Oh. And sometimes they would implement your suggestions. And if they implemented it, you would get a gift card. Hey. To the yeah. movie theater, theater? Yeah, to the movie theater. Our like, ex-employer <laughs> used to do that, too, only we called it File 13 because they didn't ever implicate <laughs> Will anything. not implement. Yeah. We see how you might like that idea. Will not implement. <laughs> yeah. Nice try, though. Yeah. But anyway, so one of the things with their award program was that they always had these AMC cards. But working in the box office, once AMC took over the movie theater, like no one ever remember to bring the stupid card in right and then they would get annoyed that they couldn't you know use their reward program or whatever so what i did was i sent in a suggestion asking if they could implement the phone number to go along with the the reward account prior to that if you wanted to enter in someone's account you would have to have their card number so the people would have to remember what their card number was and this was back in 2008. Yeah, he's going to remember that. <laughs> yeah, so back before most people had smartphones. So what they ended up doing was they implemented my idea, and I ended up getting like a $50 or $70 gift card. Oh, yeah. Each of the movies. Yeah, 
So if you go there and you and if you forget your rewards account and you have to use your phone number, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) I probably used that rewards because I would have gotten because I worked there. I got free movies. Oh yeah, I got to see movies for free. So I probably would have used that for just drinks. We went and saw one of those free movies that night. The animated Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, oh, yeah. and then my car broke down on the way home. Oh, I forgot about that. We had to call Grandma, but she had taken her nighttime medicine, and she was like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> like she <laughs> just full no on help. We're like, "We don't have anybody else to call." <laughs> and Josh had driven not on a main road, so we were off like on this really rural country. road. Yeah, it was very scary. So we ended up having to call like our uncle's girlfriend's daughter, who came out to get us she was not happy no. i would have come and got you if and I her heard. headlights didn't work so she had to leave her brights on do you remember that <laughs> oh, lord oh Hold my them. gosh oh, yeah lord. we thought we were gonna freeze to death in josh's car because it was really cold out well, i had blankets and rice cakes and stuff <laughs> we would have froze to death and i would have starved to death <laughs> rice cakes yeah no, you can catch them on fire for warmth if you need be. I mean, that's what they're good for, right? Yeah. Only thing they're good for is It's a good. Cake. That's a good little emergency <laughs> tip. Rice cake or even like Doritos. They now, catch on fire. I will say I they do have like a apple cinnamon rice yeah, cake. And those yeah. aren't bad. I like those, those the chocolate and the caramel ones. Yeah. If they have sugar and they yeah. don't taste like a rice cake, yeah, I, I like them. All in. I like rice cake. All in. They're good with peanut butter on top. <laughs> That's that's like how I feel about coffee. I don't like the flavor of coffee, but the moment that it doesn't taste like coffee, if it tastes like creamer, all in. So I always tell people, I don't like the flavor of coffee. I just like how it makes me feel. Like any good addict. Alive. Right. See, that's <laughs> makes, funny because it doesn't it, – caffeine doesn't do that to me. I don't have any kind of problems mm. with caffeine. I just – I like the taste of it. Mm-hmm. See, caffeine makes me feel like I can – get through the day without physically harming other people. <laughs> I feel that on a spiritual level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a real thing too. Like sometimes I just can't bring myself to deal with people stupid. On behalf of things. Josh and I, thank you very much for tr- for drinking <laughs> You're coffee. Welcome. You're welcome. You used to not for the longest time. No, I didn't. I was such a shock because coffee is like our family, right. like, as soon as someone came over, where's the coffee? Our dad, yeah. that's all he drinks mm-hmm. all day, just about. Yeah, well, I never liked coffee, and I never liked hot coffee. I like the cold cold brew and Our grandma coffee. would make it so black that you would have to almost chew it. Oh, I love it. And that. I remember her coming over to my house for that one, like, weekend. What holiday was it? Was it Christmas or something? Yeah. And Josh was there, and... You know, we all had a good weekend and stuff. And I remember she made coffee. And I thought, oh, I'll go get some of that coffee she made and I'll just put creamer in it. And I was like, oh, I'll put some extra creamer in it because I know that she'll probably make it pretty <laughs> strong. Stout. And I remember I put creamer in it and I even put extra creamer in it. And I thought, there is no amount of creamer I could add to this coffee <laughs> to make it good. Oh, I because I like have watered down coffee. But Maya from Norway, my friend, she drinks her coffee like that. And I remember one of the times that she was staying at my house, she woke up, and I had brewed coffee and like an actual coffee maker, and because that's the only type of coffee she likes, she didn't care for Keurigs. 
So I had made us some coffee in the coffee maker and she went over and she picked up the pot and it was so translucent. Tea. Yeah, she uh, oh it and it looked just like tea. Blasphemy. She looked at it and then held it up to the window <laughs> and she looked over like she just woke up. She looked over at me and like she was so dead faced and like her hair's the messed hell up. Is this? You know, is she just like I mean, not cracking a smile or nothing, and just pour it straight <laughs> into the sink. This is garbage. Yeah, and she's like, you could be physically harmed right now. And I was like, is it not up to your standards? And she's like, that was I brown water. I wouldn't feed this to a dog. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so you wouldn't do espresso? Like you wouldn't do like Ew. a little cup of espresso? No. Oh, no, first ew. off, but coffee will give me acid reflux. Okay. So if I have it too strong, I won't be able to sleep that night. <laughs> it's like if I have too much. ridiculous. But like this is also the thing about spaghetti. So like I oh. hate spaghetti because it tastes like poverty to me because like when we were <laughs> growing up, we were poe. And well, we I'm always glad had I know spaghetti. This. I'm glad I know this now because I've made spaghetti for you before. And I didn't like it. And if I eat <laughs> it, I need bread to drown out the flavor right. of poverty spaghetti. Cheese or something. Yeah, but one of the things that we always had when we had spaghetti was like the cheapest. Most of the time it came from like a is either generic or it came from a food bank. But it was like not the greatest or they call like the stuff that you put on spaghetti. Parmesan. No, I'm talking oh, about pasta the, sauce. Yeah, pasta sauce. See, I don't like spaghetti so much that I like burn it out of my mind. Sorry to all of the Italians <laughs> listening. <laughs> right. But the spot, the pasta sauce was always like so watered down and didn't have a whole lot of flavor. So anytime I have like real Italian pasta sauce at like an Italian restaurant, I would get so like such bad acid reflex afterwards because it has actual like meat and tomatoes and tomatoes <laughs> in it. and i'm like what is this oh, red sauce it hurts <laughs> yeah this has flavor we don't have, we didn't have that we had like watery pasta a can of the hunts but a quarter <laughs> yeah. of it was you'd gotta put water in the can to get every hey, little bit yeah out. don't you waste that now a little bit of pasta water to your sauce, but I'm talking like a spoonful, like, you know, not very much to water it down. will help the sauce cling to your pasta better. So I do do that, and the starchy pasta water makes it. You know what is life-changing? Pizza. <laughs> A detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18-year-old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee?
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Calm down, Kim. See, I was going to think something else. (laughs) Put your grinder away, Josh. Put the grinder away. I don't do it at the office. No, listen, listen. So what's life-changing is when, whenever you make pasta or spaghetti and you have like your normal spaghetti sauce, if you put just a little bit of Alfredo in it, oh my God. <laughs> in red sauce? <laughs> yeah. Bless his heart. Oh, it is what so is good. It's a common thing, Kim. It Don't is, you judge us. It is a, <laughs> Kim, have you ever had it? No. I've it never creamier. even heard She's of judging it. us. She has. It takes the burn out of it. She has mayonnaise. <laughs> Cake. Cake. And she's over here judging us, You step Josh. off my mayonnaise cake. Then you step off my Alfredo spaghetti. But no, you don't like spaghetti. I don't, but it... A little I bit mean, of Alfredo. little Alfredo. See, Grandma would add a can of cream of mushroom soup to her spaghetti sauce. That's mm. why it was always, like, thick and creamy-ish. Yeah. And didn't mm. burn your belly as badly. Yeah, things are always better at Grandma's house. I'd pay a lot for a cup of coffee she made. <laughs> uh, right. Oh, so good. Yeah, just so our listeners know, there's points in our lives where we will talk about us living in our grandma's house when we were younger. And then our mom met this guy who did a lot of drugs. <laughs> and then we moved out. So when we talk about like the food banks and that part of our life, we were moved out by that point of our grandma's house. So our grandma was a great cook. And she made great spaghetti. <laughs> Bought bacon about 50 yes. pounds at a time. Yes. yes. All right, Kim, before we get into our mystery, why don't you tell us what you wrote for us today? Did you know I was going to do something today, Josh? He mentioned it. I mentioned it. Just He said Kim though. had an idea. Brace yourself. <laughs> and the bell's over here, so she can't <laughs> use the veto bell. At least she can't I mean, get to it very quickly. I don't have that much stuff. <laughs> We should have tricked her into into using it. Lord okay, help us. Well, let's don't. So I decided since this was our New Year's episode that we would cover some strange New Year's tradition Ooh. from around the world. Like eating cabbage and black-eyed peas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that's some American ones. Lard in the New Year. Do you have a certain one that you always do? Eat cabbage and black-eyed peas. <laughs> yeah, I try to eat, always eat cabbage. But I like it seems both like of those. Every time I go to buy it, it's always gone. What about you, Shane? Try to be a good person. I don't do very. That's a tradition. You don't eat cabbage or black-eyed peas. No, I don't. But have you ever kissed a loved one? Because that's one of the U.S. ones. Also, go running. I remember as a kid, we always went to my aunt Kathy's house, and as small children, and just as soon as midnight struck, all of the kids would go around and kiss all of the adults. That was one of our traditions Aww. that we had. Not a loved one, but I've kissed strangers <laughs> on New Year's Eve. And, of course, the polar plunge. That's a U.S. Ooh, tradition. hell no. I think, I'm not sure that that actually started Did in the U.S., Did you do the polar though. plunge? No. 
I would not do the pole. I would probably have a heart attack. Okay, so explain <laughs> what the polar plunge is for people who a are nightmare. not. Nightmare. So the, <laughs> this, the polar plunge is when on New Year's Day. It's usually on New Year's Day. You go out and you jump into your a lake or a pond or mm. the ocean or you know most of the places that do this. It's a cold climate, so it's called Wisconsin. the polar plunge. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They do it up there, up in upstate New York. They have what's called a peppermint pig. All throughout the holiday season, they buy this pig leading up to the seasons. A real pig? No, it's made out of peppermint. Okay. A small peppermint pig. And they'll take turns hitting it with a special little candy-sized hammer. And then they eat a piece off of the pig that's supposed to be good fortune. I had never, ever heard that. Mm -mm. And that was in the U.S. Huh. Very interesting. I did it with a hammer. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we're going to get into some of them that's overseas. All right. So in Spain and some other Latin American countries, one New Year's tradition is to eat 12 grapes, one for each month of the year to secure prosperity. Yeah, I've heard of that one. Mm -hmm. I thought that one was kind of cool. And that one actually dates back to 1909. And supposedly the rumor behind who came up with that was vine growers, that they came up with it because they had an abundance of crop that year. So they came up with that to try to get more people to. Eating grapes is lucky. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So in Germany, people will melt a small piece of lead in a spoon over a candle and then pour it into a cold liquid. Then whatever shape comes out of it, means different things. So if your lead goes into a ball, then it means luck will be rolling your way. If it's shaped as a crown, then it means wealth. A cross signifies death. And a star will bring happiness. Hmm. I seen another one. I can't remember which country it was, but it's kind of similar to cutting an apple. Oh, yeah. If the inside of it, whatever shape it, you know, has a cross or whatever, and it means different things. A Danish New Year tradition is to throw plates and dishes against neighbors' and friends' front doors. Jesus. That would be so messy. Right. I wouldn't do well with it. Yeah, it's kind of a popularity contest because, you know, the bigger your pile in your front door, the more family and friends that love you and come and do it. So it's kind of a weird Will they clean it up too? (laughs) Put it in a Walmart bag before you throw it against my door. So another (laughs) custom in Denmark is jumping off of a chair at midnight. It symbolizes leaping into the new year. Oh, that's fine. They're also the leading country with broken hips among the elderly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would probably definitely kill kill myself doing that. Let's see. In the Philippines, the start of the new year is all about money. The locals believe that surrounding themselves in round things will bring money and fortune. So the round things represents coins. Mm. So as a result of it, people will wear polka-dotted clothes. They'll eat things that are round. And they also will keep coins in their pockets and constantly jiggle it, believing to keep the money flowing. Hmm. I can think of something round I could eat. (laughs) (laughs) I love your nails, by the way, Kim. Those little penguins Mm -hmm. and... Yeah. Are they candy canes on your thumb or snowflakes? No, they're just 
These are stars. Okay. Yeah. I would want snowflakes, but that's me. This one's a snowflake. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When that when I read that one about the the pockets, I that's I was thinking of something different. (laughs) (laughs) Nature's pocket. Which is available for nineteen ninety nine <laughs> on Kim's OnlyFans, boys. <laughs> All right. In Naples, people toss everything from toasters to refrigerators off of their balconies. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Throwing you- plates and what's kitchen up? Oh, I need <laughs> new kitchen stuff. They are Happy so New messy. Year. <laughs> uh, getting rid of old possessions symbolizes a fresh start into the new year. To prevent serious injuries, most locals stick to small and soft objects for their throwing traditions, though. Mm. I thought that one was funny. That is funny. Hmm. I can't imagine, you know, walking down the street, somebody... I can't even imagine somebody throwing a refrigerator or something like that out out over the balcony to begin with, let alone being killed by one. Happy New Year. Screw this air fryer. (laughs) At midnight, Buddhist temples all over Japan ring bells 108 times to dispel the 108 evil passions all human beings have, according to the Buddhists. Japan also believes that ringing the bells will cleanse you from all of the sins of your previous year. Traditionally, 107 bells were rung on the last day of the year. And then on New Year's Day, it was 108. Many people also eat buckwheat noodles. And it says a name that I'm not going to try to pronounce. (laughs) On New Year's Eve to symbolize a wish for a long life. Buckwheat noodles. That Mm -hmm. sounds not something I would like. So I'm assuming that it's it's like a kind of like a spaghetti noodle, a long noodle. Because it symbolizes a long, long life. Mm, Buckwheat. I thought that was kind of interesting. I wonder how long 108 tolls of a Buddhist bell takes. Because I'm just picturing someone just trying to sleep. Like, you know, <laughs> Some of us have to work in the morning. Now, this one's kind of for us, Josh. Oh, good. In Scotland, the first person that comes across your threshold after midnight on New Year's Eve is thought to be an omen for the year ahead. Oh. The best person to enter the house to guarantee good luck is thought to be a tall, dark-haired man bearing gifts like coins, bread, and whiskey. Mm, I can have that arranged by New Year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they think that it came from the Viking times when Vikings would show, to, show up, but they meant nothing but trouble. Mm. Ooh, not for me, honey. They wouldn't want to left my house. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. In Turkey, some people sprinkle salt on the outside at midnight to bring them peace and prosperity. I do that. You do salt? Once a month. And cinnamon on the door of my home. Blow the cinnamon inwards huh. to welcome prosperity right. for the new month. I've never heard anybody <laughs> actually doing it. They do also open pomegranates to attract wealth. I've heard of that one. In Ireland, single women hoping to find love in the new year traditionally sleep with mistletoe under their pillow. So glad you said under their pillow. (laughs) (laughs) That one was kind of interesting. Missile tampon. (laughs) As the clock strikes midnight around the world, many people take to the streets to ring the new year in by banging pots and pans. I remember somebody Mm -hmm. I used to know done that. It is tradition all across the UK and Australia and, and Ireland. Sounds like that. 
for a long time in human history or, you know, chase away the evil spirits. Yeah, that's what it's for is to chase away the evil spirits in which I didn't know it, but that's what fireworks, because a lot of people let off fireworks yeah. and that's the same concept to ward mm. off the evil spirits. Let's see. I'm not going to try to pronounce this name, but there's people in Germany that enjoy a meal. It's of a New Year's carp. It's of a fish. Yep. They say that it's considered lucky to keep a scale from that carp in your wallet throughout the year to bring wealth and luck. However, removing the scale is seen to be as removing the luck. Oh. Why would you want to keep a fish scale in your wallet for a year? Just a whole, oh. Fish smells bad enough the way it is, let alone carrying it around with you for a year. We always heard carp, you don't eat carp. We always gave them away if we caught a big one. Anybody want this? We're not eating it. <laughs> I don't like catfish. Oh, I do. No, I don't like catfish. That's probably the only freshwater fish I'll eat. <laughs> A lot of countries have food-related traditions. Ireland's most interesting tradition also involves eating. Instead, the Irish bang Christmas bread on their walls of their home. It's supposed to chase any bad spirits out of the house and start the new year off with a clean slate. Hmm. Very nice. Get that bread. This one kind of <laughs> goes back to the carp one. Fish is considered a New Year's entree since fish only swim in one direction. So they're going forward in the moment, in the moonbit instead of you don't look back. Fish swim in all directions. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That, oh, that, one, that one doesn't make yeah, sense. Whoever does came it? up with that one. I mean, fish, they live in 4D, like they can go anywhere. I have a fish tank. They do it. <laughs> I was like, wait, no, they don't. <laughs> and Puerto Rico, they kind of do the salt thing, only theirs is with sugar. They sprinkle it outside the. The houses to invite in luck. Sounds like something started by a ant. <laughs> yes, put the sugar outside the doorway. In Brazil, it's considered luck to start a new year by jumping over seven waves. You get one wish for each wave. Like in the water? Mm -hmm, like in the ocean. Hmm. That'd be fun. Germans believe that pigs equal wealth. So for New Year's, it's common place to eat pig-shaped candies. I did not know where you were going and you said pig. <laughs> I got real nervous. <laughs> I was like, and have a good night. I'd rather have bad luck. <laughs> they're, they're thought to bring financial luck throughout the year. Bolivia has a New Year's tradition. Coins are baked into cakes for a festive activity. The person who receives the slice that has the coin in it is thought to have prosperity throughout the year. See, I don't eat stuff that has non-food items no, baked I in wouldn't. it. Stone soup, coin cakes, that you king cake at Mardi Gras with a little baby in it. Ugh. Yeah, I I couldn't do it. I would be afraid I would break a tooth. I'm sorry, no, we're choked to death. Yeah. <laughs> Estonians' tradition is to eat at least seven meals on December 31st. This Challenge accepted. Us. I know, right? No kidding. According to the custom, it means that they will... Harness the strength of seven men in the year ahead. Plus, if you celebrate with a bounty of food in abundance, this will carry out throughout the year. I've had seven men. They ain't that strong. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have a couple more. However, they're my favorite ones. And we're going to wait for Unmasked for those. Sweet. 
What do you do on New Year's? Do you do the cabbage and... I try to do cabbage on New get Year's early, Day. Though. Yeah, half the time I don't just get do it just because I forget. I haven't had sauerkraut in a long time. I really don't have, I mean, we used to go to my aunt's when I was a kid, and then every once in a while we'll go to my aunt's house, my other aunt's house, on for a while and play cards, but then usually I just go home and sit and watch the ball drop by myself. That's what I love. A good <laughs> Grandma and I would always, like, that's what we did when I was in high school and I lived with her again, is we'd get pizza and watch the ball drop mm-hmm. and... The next day, make our cabbage and black-eyed peas. Right. God, black-eyed peas sound so good. They do, yeah. I agree, actually. I've well, not had bacon grease in there. Oh. We used to get together oh, yeah. for on New Year's and play euchre. We're huge, a euchre family. I've never been able to figure out that game. <laughs> I've tried. We would play all New Year's Eve, and then we would go back New Year's Day and play all day long. My stomach ground. No, I wonder that what that noise was. That was my stomach. Oh, okay. Was, it sounded like, I was like, I didn't feel it, but it sounded like it oh came my gosh. from. It was mine, and we just ate. Calm down. All right. Are you guys ready for my mystery? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to start this mystery when, okay, so I found this mystery because of, is it a ballad? Is that what they call it? It's a song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I yeah, found a, a really old song. Mm-hmm. A ballad. Yeah. So I've found old ballads of old murder cases before, oh. and because I listened to them on Pandora and other streaming services, emo. Right, <laughs> sometimes I get suggested new ones, and so I heard this one, and I thought, "Wonder what that's all about." So I couldn't find a free version to play, so I'm just going to read you the words to the song. Minnie was a mother to a hundred or more in Winton Town. You guys heard this before? No. Red-faced mamas coming knocking on your door. A whole ten pounds. Winter in the south makes the heart beat slow. But hearts beat slower in the garden below. Three went missing and the men start digging in the ground. The ground. Men start digging in the ground. Three found. Bring poor Minnie downtown. But a woman won't hang in Winton Town. Hundreds in the room when Minnie stood trial. Many more outside. Many you're accused of a serious crime. Infanticide. The crowd all cheered as the gavel rang. But have mercy on the soul. Of the woman who hangs. Then they carried her away, and the crowd all followed her down, down. The crowd all followed her down, three found. Everybody gathered round to see a woman hang in Winton Town. To see a woman hang in Winton Town. Sounds like Johnny Cash. I think I have heard it actually. You've heard the song? I think so. Do you know the, that was her wedding you know song? <laughs> She walked down the aisle tonight. She did. She did. I bet bet she did. (laughs) I bet she did. I'm not sure if I know the story behind it, though. Okay, so you heard. I just told you. Right. You're ridiculous. (laughs) She doesn't listen, Josh. (laughs) I was sitting here trying to get a beat to it, then it got real dark, and I was like, oh. Uh, Well, no, let's not sing to it. 
Yeah, that's I didn't want to sing to the song because it gets really dark and it's kind of weird. But anyway, okay. So you heard the name Minnie. So the song is about a woman named Minnie Dean. Isn't that such a nice name, though? Minnie Dean. Minnie Dean. I wonder if it was Makes Minerva. me think of a... I know a, a girl whose name Minerva. Well, I'll tell you what her real name was in a minute. Makes me think of a grandma's name. Well, Minnie Dean to me sounds like it would be like the name would be a country singer. Yeah. Today. Minnie Dean. It's, it just Welcome to the you. stage, Minnie Dean. Yeah. Minnie Dean was born as Williamina. 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 McCulloch. In 1844, in Greenock, Scotland. And her childhood was spent there in Scotland. She was raised in a working-class environment. Her father was a railway engineer. And her mom died from cancer when Minnie was just 13. She received a basic education, which was typical for children in her situation in the mid-1800s in Scotland. By her early 20s, she immigrated from Scotland to New Zealand, which a large amount of British people were immigrating during that time. Once she gets to New Zealand in the 1860s, she was likely involved in employment that was typical for women at the time, like domestic work. It's not really sure what type of work she would have been doing. But again, not much is known of what her life was like at that moment. In 1872, she marries an innkeeper named Charles Dean. And, of course, she takes his last name, Dean. Eventually, they move to Winton, where Charles works as a handyman and gardener. And they have no children of their own. Eventually, she needs to start finding a way to help bring in money. So, Minnie starts a career in what they call baby farming in 1880s. In the 1880s. Do you guys know what baby farming is? Yes. Do you know, Kim? <laughs> Kim, oh, your she face. She is looking up. What either. the hell are you talking about? No, I don't think I do. Uh, it ain't a happy farm. <laughs> so baby farming is when you would take infants and young children in and basically raise them in exchange for payment. And it was kind of common practice at that time in the 19th century. I mean, I've heard of that, but I've never heard it called that, I guess. Yeah, so that's what they would call it back then. And it really catered to unmarried moms and other moms who were unable to care for their children. So she would advertise her services, offering to take in children for a lump sum payment, or if you couldn't afford a lump sum, you could just pay periodically. Her clients typically sought her out and they wanted to be discreet about it. You know, they didn't want people to know. The scandal. That, yeah. They didn't want people to know that, you know, they were going to have this child that they were going to be delivering to her. Especially if it, like, back, you know, bastards were a lot bigger of a thing yeah. back then. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what the typical child that was sent to these farms were. They were they were called bastard children's or illegitimate children's. Mm-hmm. I watch a lot of Game of Thrones. I like <laughs> bastards. Yeah. <laughs> So she was operating the body farm, or excuse me, the body farm. <laughs> That's where I work on the weekends, baby. <laughs> no, the body farmers where they decompose bodies. And That's how I want to go. In Kentucky. Okay. Uh, excuse me, in Tennessee. So she was operating the, the baby farm out of her home. It was a modest cottage that she cared for multiple children at any given time here. 
The exact number of children over the years is unknown, but it's believed that it was significant. Reports on the conditions and the care provided to the children are mixed. Some accounts suggest that there was neglect and that they were under poor living conditions, while others indicate that many attempted to provide adequate care within her means. Initially, the community's thoughts of Minnie's business was pretty neutral. Baby farming was not necessarily out of the ordinary. However, suspicions and negative thoughts did grow over time. There started to become rumors and allegations about the mistreatment of children that was happening at the home. And then concerns about the welfare of the children and Minnie Dean's care began to surface in the early 1890s. These suspicions were fueled by the high mortality rate of children under her care and her frequent ads seeking more children. People knew that she had a limited number of children that she could care for at one time in her home, so each time there was a new advertisement looking for new children, they kind of thought, hmm. How's she fitting all these kids in that? Uh, what yeah. happened to the other ones yeah. is yeah. what I would think. That's exactly it. So local residents began to notice some inconsistencies and things just seemed kind of off when they interacted with Minnie. For example, children seemed to appear and then disappear from her home without any explanation. As concerns grew, local authorities started looking into what was happening. The initial investigations were challenged with limited evidence. The high infant mortality rate at the time, coupled with the transient nature of baby farming, made it difficult to establish clear patterns of neglect or foul play. So the mothers were basically sending their children here. These were people who are likely wanting to protect their privacy. So these detectives and and officers, they probably couldn't find a direct line of who these children belonged to. And the previous children probably didn't have documentation. Right. There were several documented deaths of children in Minnie's care, but each of these causes were explained as natural or accidental. Authorities accepted those explanations at the time because there would have been limited medical understanding to do further death investigations. Another challenge was that the children involved were coming from underprivileged households. And these were illegitimate children. So the legal and social framework around them at that time wouldn't have given them a high priority for a thorough investigation. And throughout all of the investigation, Minnie Dean maintained her innocence. She said all of the deaths were natural causes and illnesses that were common among infants and children at the time. The initial investigation led nowhere and no charges were brought. They didn't find evidence of wrongdoing, and the investigation was closed. I know what you're thinking, Josh. Well, how did that song come about then? If I can get my paper. I am. <laughs> if I get my paper. I know some of this story, at least I think I do. There's, She's not the only baby farmer. I mean, I right. have a, a podcast on rotten people. I've read several stories of these baby farms and none of them were good. Right. So in 1895, 
a discovery of infant clothing was made on Minnie's property. And it was found in an area on the property that suggested that it was being hid, which raised suspicions. You know, why would you hide the clothing and then bury it? The clothing belonged to infants and very young children. The discovery of the clothing made the concerns in the community about what was happening at her baby farm much worse. It fueled speculations and rumors about the possible mistreatment or harm of children in Dean's care. After the clothes were found, police did a more thorough investigation. They deemed the clothes as tangible evidence of possible wrongdoing, and that made them scrutinize Minnie's activities more. So police did another search of her property, trying to find more evidence, but they ultimately didn't find anything else when they searched again. News of them finding the clothing and a more in-depth search that they were going to be performing spread rapidly, and it captured the public's attention. And that propelled the case into the public's eye. It was sensationalized by the media, leading to widespread interest and gossip because it involved possible foul play, which involved vulnerable infants. So, of course, everyone was like, oh, my gosh, what's going on here? Not the babies. Right? Well, Minnie Dean was arrested in May of 1895 following a series of very weird events. Particularly one main incident that happened, though. She was seen boarding a train with a baby and a hat box. But when she arrived at her destination, she didn't have the baby. This observation raised immediate red flags. And she was arrested. Once she was arrested, police did another search of her property. And during that search, authorities discovered the bodies of infants buried in her garden which is what they called their backyard. Mm-hmm. Now, after that discovery, Minnie Dean was charged with murder. And the case quickly became a sensation in New Zealand, attracting a lot of public interest and media coverage. The alleged crimes involved vulnerable infants. And Dean being a woman added to the sensationalism of the case. Women just didn't do that back then. Right. Well, they... Most of the time, countries didn't see them as, you know... People. Yeah. Didn't think that they were capable of such a thing. In August of 1895, the trial began. It was a high-profile event, drawing large crowds and a lot of media. Many pleaded not guilty to the charges, saying she was innocent, which whoever says that Mm -hmm. they are, you know. And the deaths were accidental, and due to natural causes. The prosecution presented evidence, including the bodies found on her property, the infant clothing that was discovered buried, and the testimonies from individuals who had seen her with different children. The defense argued that there was no direct evidence proving murder and highlighted the high infant mortality rates at the time. Now keep in mind with baby farming, when the baby farmer accepted a lump sum at the beginning, it was more profitable for them if the child dies. So that was also kind of part of the argument. Because then they don't have to keep feeding them. And Yeah, and you can, you know, you're limited at your home with how much space for children. So if you got paid initially to have a child there, you still have that money. That child is dead. 
you can have another child fill its place, and you can have more money. So the trial lasted several days, and once it was over, the jury came back and found Minnie Dean guilty of murder. The evidence, particularly the discovery of the infant bodies on her property, was pivotal in their decision. Minnie Dean was sentenced to death by hanging, and this was very controversial and was fueled by a lot of public debate because no woman had ever been sentenced to death in New Zealand. Minnie was executed on August 12, 1895, becoming the only woman to legally be executed in New Zealand's history still to this day. Wow. Yes, and that is my mystery. I have some more that I will share in the Unmasked. And also in the Unmasked, Josh, I have a relative to discuss. Uh Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Give me a hint. Mother's side or father's side? (laughs) No, I don't know. They may not even be related. Oh, but it's definitely possible. Probably. (laughs) Oh, probably. Our family. We've it's got the last shady. name Waters because we are plentiful and everywhere, baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. But oh, I thought it was so a really interesting. Sad. I know. But remember, like, if you listen to the song, it outlines the whole thing right. brilliantly. Yeah. And when I heard the song, I was just like, oh, my God, what in the world what? is this about? I just can't think of an appropriate situation for that song to be sung. Like, a, was someone singing that at the pub? You know what's funny about any of those ballads of old murder cases? It was kind of just like a way for them to share what happened. There's a really old song. Most people couldn't read. Yeah, there's a really old ballad of a really interesting case. It's called The Knoxville Girl. It's a really interesting ballad. Everyone, if you want to find an interesting one to listen to, find that one. And it talks about this girl who is talking to this guy and they ended up going on a date or something like that. And he ends up like killing her. And I think we've listened to that. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He ends up murdering her. And I mean, it's absolutely horrific. And like when you listen to the words of the song, but when you hear it, you're just thinking, Oh my gosh, this is so catchy. And then like you hear the words and you're just like, Oh my gosh, he just like beat her with a stick. (laughs) Yeah, it actually put in there how it happened. Yeah, and that he got caught. And Wasn't there a song about that girl that you had done something on? Catherine Winters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they shared. That. She was a girl, a young girl who had disappeared from Newcastle, Indiana, a uh, hundred years ago. And when she went missing, they created an old song to help share her missing case to get people to hear it. And so I had recreated the song to hear it because there was no existing version of it yeah it's a very creepy song too when you hear the type of song that it is music and stuff too it's real off-putting yeah (laughs) i'll grab a version of it to include in the seance yeah we'll attach it into a patreon uh, just like a download of the audio but oh my gosh it's such a creepy song i almost bought us a game to play during the Ouija board sleepover, it's a Scooby-Doo themed escape room game. Oh, that's oh, fine. Oh, that would be fun. I, I had it in my hands, but I put it back. <laughs> like, uh. I have a couple. Actually, Shane's bought them for me for Christmas. Mm. I got a couple escape room. We have some in games. the office too, and uh, your blue. Yeah, edge. I do. I have some at home. Well, we 
If I go back to TJ Maxx, I'll get it. Well, you know, we only need two more listeners to say, have a sleepover of- with a Ouija board that Kim has right behind her. Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, dun. Two more Patreons to join That's our it. Patreon. Yep, and then they have to just more. comment. Yep. I did buy a pendulum guide yesterday at a little craft market I went to so we can use the Ouija board and I'll bring my little oh, pendulum crystals. We can ask it questions as well. I can just <laughs> see my dog going nuts because there's spirit around. I still don't think it's a or good idea a to do snack. it at my house. <laughs> Girl, we went to a cemetery on Halloween <laughs> and we're trying to scur up ghosts. Mm-hmm. I ain't afraid of no house. Uh, that no, was I'm just creepy, worried though. about him barking and barking and barking and we can't get any audio oh, out of it. That's <laughs> true. <the> <laughs> I'll bring Annie. They'll keep each other busy. Right. <laughs> He's fixed, right? We'll just lock him mm-hmm. in a room together. Go on, have fun, kids. Go treats. play with each other. Yeah. Go smell your stuffs. <laughs> a detective came and knocked on the door, and I said, Is it Renee? And he just gave me that solemn look. It was the worst day ever. The Proof Podcast is back with a new case and a new season. 23 years ago, 18 year old Renee Ramos went missing. Her body was later found in an empty Home Depot building on the edge of town. I don't think that they arrested the right people. It's about time somebody's trying to do something. She had a black eye about two weeks before she was murdered. They are involved. They definitely had her body and her backpack. You know people are going to judge you, right? Of course. They're judging me now. They've been judging me damn near my whole life. You can listen now to season two of Proof, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow along with us as we reinvestigate the murder at the warehouse. I have to ask, did you kill Renee? American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. <sighs> Ready for my mystery? Yeah, give it to us. Well, grab your coats because we're going on a trip. Ooh. Oh, boy. Behind snowy peaks somewhere to the north lies a mystical kingdom where a line of enlightened kings guard the innermost teachings of Buddhism for a time when all truth in the outside world is lost in war and greed. Then the king of Shambhala will emerge with a great army to destroy the forces of evil and bring in a new golden age. The history and lore surrounding the city of Shambhala are incredibly fascinating, at least to me. Also known by several other names such as Shangri-La and Agartha, 
Shambhala is a Sanskrit word that means place of peace. It is a paradise, a place of enlightenment, and is only accessible by someone with a pure heart and supposedly located in the mountainous regions of Eurasia, often believed to be more specifically hidden in the Himalayas of Tibet. It is believed that the gateway to Shambhala lies within the valley of Siberia, but that the actual city itself dwells in a separate dimension that is accessible to our own. Like I said, there are many names to the city of Shambhala, which is why it's sometimes called the City of 1,000 Names. I only knew it as Shangri-La, and I've heard of it throughout my life, but it was the last Mummy movie. Mm. Where they kind of, they went there for a little while. I was going to say, I know I've seen it in a movie, yeah. but I couldn't think what movie it was. It was like guarded by the Yetis. Yep. And it was just, I was like, I wonder, that's kind of what I watched it not too long ago. And I was like, hmm, I want to know the history mm-hmm. on that place. There is a prophecy that emerged from Tibetan Buddhism about 1200 years ago. The signs it predicted are recognizable today. There are several interpretations of this prophecy. Some portray the coming of the kingdom of Shambhala as an internal event, a metaphor for one's inner spiritual journey. Others present it as a transformation of the human social system that will occur at just the right time. The Shambhala prophecy says, There will come a time when all life on earth is in danger. In this era, great barbarian forces will have arisen which have unfathomable destructive power. New and unforeseen technologies will appear during this time, with the potential to lay waste to the world. When the future of sentient life seems to hang by the frailest of threads, the kingdom of Shambhala will appear. Shambhala is not a geopolitical place, but a place that exists in the hearts and minds of the Shambhala workers. These workers wear no special uniform, nor do they have any titles or ranks. They have no particular workspace, as their work is everywhere. In fact, they look just like the barbarians on the outside. That's all of us. (laughs) But they hold the kingdom of Shambhala. Now the time has come when great courage, intellectual, moral, and spiritual is required of the Shambhala workers. The time comes when they must go into the very heart of the barbarian power, into the tall buildings, offices, factories, and citadels of learning, where the weapons of destruction are made, and dismantle them. To me, Shambhala sounds like a wonderful and beautiful utopia. I think of it kind of like Buddhist version of heaven, basically. Just, it has a lot of similarities into how different religions view heaven. Mm. Only the most spiritually enlightened may enter, and the rest of us must do the work of many lifetimes even to have a chance at entering the gates. That doesn't mean that some haven't tried, though. There have been several real-life expeditions with the hope of discovering the lost city of Shambhala. But, to no surprise, they didn't find it. There are no shortcuts to enlightenment, only hard work and positive effort. And there weren't a whole lot of descriptions on the city of Shambhala. The biggest one I have is that it is surrounded by the mountains. 
and it is in the shape of an eight-petal lotus flower is the layout of the city. Mm. And it's just full of technologies that mankind has known about, but, you know, the ancient aliens were advanced technology in our past. That's all still there, plus newer technologies we can't even fathom. And right. Just harmony with mankind and nature, and everybody's just happy as can be. And that's my little mystery on the lost city of Shambhala. Very nice. I, I feel like one of the Indiana Jones, didn't they talk about Shangri-La in one of those? Possibly. I've been meaning to rewatch those. I really enjoy the Indiana Jones movies. I wanted to see the new one, but I didn't get yeah, to. Yeah, I'm not sure if I ever even watched Indiana Jones. Oh, oh I I love the one the with Indiana Kate Blanchett's my favorite, but ooh, Harrison Ford in his prime. Oh, They're good. I think they're on Disney, aren't they? Aren't they on Disney Plus? I don't have Disney Plus. I think they're on Disney Plus. I've got HBO. I liked it. When I watch a movie, I <laughs> want to see my Max men naked. <laughs> oh, yeah, Max. Max. I like a Maxi pad. <laughs> All right, guys. So, on our unmasked episode, of course, we have some extras on our mystery. But Josh and I and Kim, we are going to play the Giggle Ghouls Challenge. Which is news to Kim. Josh and I decided that when you were in the bathroom. Oh, great. Yeah. And also, we have a new review, and I wanted to share oh. it with oh, you guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. Is it good? Well, yeah, because <laughs> I don't good. read bad reviews, Josh. I just want to brace myself. Because <laughs> they're dead to me. Okay. Our new review is from Apple Podcasts. Okay. And it is from Lindy Loves Music. And Lindy evidently also loves really good podcasts. She and has good taste. Thank she you, Lindy Love. Very good, very good taste. Lindy Love says, love listening to all your stories, including the hilarious small talk at the beginning. The addition of producer Kim, and in parentheses, she says, get that girl a director's chair. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. Lindy Love, that's all I'm going to hear from Kim for oh, the yeah. rest of the day. Thank you very much. The rest of the day? You mean the, at least the next couple of weeks? We're going to get our little tiny one. Uh-huh. It's going to be an itty-bitty one. We're going to start. We'll sell those pictures. So Kim, those, those are not who, comfortable. You have an expensive no. leather mm, computer yeah. seat oh, with lumbar. Really I know it ain't. <laughs> she'll, fa- she'll complain about anything she has. Okay, but get anyway, Lindy Love also says that producer Kim adds more great stories. Yeah. I could listen to all of you laugh all day. That was such a that cute very review. Sweet. Yeah, very cute. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's Love nice to know you. that people actually <laughs> like me. It's a good feeling. It is. I, will, I won't lie. It is a good boost of confidence when you know there's tens of people out there in the world uh, that enjoy the sound of your voice. Right. And then what's funny is like you'll get the high from the good review, and then you'll get a bad review. So you'll get someone who's like, "I love all your small talk. I love all your," and then you're like, "Too much small, too talk. small, too much small talk. Take caffeine." <laughs> you're like, "What the crap is? What is wrong with that person?" My favorite thing about it is, is this is us. I mean, if we're not in front of mics or cameras, this right. is just the way we are. Right. We're not fake. We don't pretend like you know we're whatever. We sh- this is the way we really are. We'll yeah. set up the camera when we're just in the other office all together, and it's the same stuff mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. A little dirtier. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clean, I clean. I yeah, try to clean, clean it up. We clean it up. We cuss a little less. We can't be explicit. Yeah. When Kim and I are together and it's just us, we cuss a lot. Yeah. So we it's have really such weird. Such a dirty mouth. Every once in a while, I'll, something will slip through me. And I know Josh does the same thing too, but you never catch Shane slipping up. No. And not. it's so weird not to I hear know. you slip up because we're pretty raunchy outside. We are very raunchy. <laughs> Which is hilarious, though, because especially when people listen to when people know me from Foul Play or Hometown History from those shows and I meet them in person and and then they make comments about how much they appreciate that I'm a clean host and all this stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, you know, I don't know me real well. Yeah. Playing a character. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. We're exactly like this, only a little bit dirtier. <laughs> right. Right. Unmasked. Unfiltered. It's Ooh. A- that would be a good bonus episode for our Patreons. I want to get canceled, Kim. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All we have to do is put in the thing. If you can't take it, don't listen to it. You want detailed <laughs> stories of my escapades on Grinder. <laughs> if you can't take it, don't bend over. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Too much, oh Lord. Oh, boy. All right. Are we ready to start our unmasked episode? I Do you have not, to go pee? Not yet. No, I have no. my bless your heart. I mean, and <laughs> I have, Look have at to me. think patrons. Just try to rush everything. Listen. Look at you. My I am God. real surprised, though, because we're only a, an hour and 20 minutes in. I figure with me doing something, too, we would be a good two hours. And I was going to tell everybody to buckle in at the beginning. And I forgot buckle to do up. it. <laughs> just add that. Slip that in there. Right. This is Kim. Buckle up. Buckle up. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. Well, our bless your heart for New Year's is close to home and from the heart. This time of year is especially difficult for a lot of people and myself. All the things that mean Christmas were taught to me by our grandmother. And each time I go to do one, I hear and see her, and it brings either tears or smiles to my face. If you remember, I was crying at my desk yesterday, but trying not to draw attention to it. I was writing this. I'm like, oh. It'll be up to no surprise to anyone that our bless your heart today is our grandmother, Mrs. Barbara Ethel Foster. Grandma, I know you hear this, and I want to thank you for everything you did for us. You were abused throughout your life by little men who thought themselves as big, ever trying to crush your spirit with sexual, physical, mental, and emotional abuse. From your own alcoholic father to your sadistic husband, who used you as property, you were kicked out of your home only at 16 and raised five children and two grandchildren surrounded by negativity. You gave us nothing but happiness and beautiful memories despite all you had gone through, showing us not only how to be strong and unwavering, but what real love was too, unconditional and everlasting. I only hope that you knew how much you meant to us, and I thank you for all that you have sacrificed for us. My confidence comes directly from you and our many talks where you told me to hold my head up high and be proud of myself. I pray that I can grow to be a fraction of the marvelous person that you were and someone you are proud of. Bless your heart, Grandma, and we will see you after a while. <laughs> well, that was good. 
<laughs> Kim, are you crying? No. <laughs> I did hear Josh crying yesterday, but I thought I was like, boy, let's have some watery eyes. <laughs> He's writing a real tough episode on rice. <laughs> yeah. No, I just thought, you know how sometimes like you get watery eyes? Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I, anytime I, I come indoors like this time eyes. of year, yeah. my eyes, I'm like, I'm not crying. It's just yeah. cold out there and hot in here. Yeah. That's what I thought it was. I was just like, boy, he's having some issues. <laughs> I, I kept going to Kim's Kleenex boxes. For blood. <laughs> I didn't. I, when I, I was like, I'm going to pick grandma. And then I started writing it. And then there's tears. I was like, I didn't intend this. I was going to just be like a happy, like, you know, I'm finally, you know, moving past the grief. And, you know, last year was more difficult. But this year I feel more of the Christmas spirit. And I was just glad that I've been able to grieve to a point where I can feel happy again at Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I did not intend for it to right. snot like ugly crying. And I, was like, I wasn't even looking at Shane. I was walking like, don't look at me. I don't want to. I just want to get this written. And Walking I, past him like I this. I didn't intend for this to happen. <laughs> Which, bless your heart, you're like me. You're like, I don't see nobody crying. Uh, uh, I was like, you must have watery eyes. <laughs> he must have watery eyes. <laughs> that ain't none of my business. Right. He must have watery I'm the same eyes. Way. I'm just like, don't look at me. If he needs something, he's gonna say something. <laughs> Ask no question, ain't be no question. Uh, You're not like you that to that. me. Anytime I cry, you point it out and then you start laughing. What the hell are you crying for now? <laughs> and then I'll take a picture for mm-hmm. later. <laughs> Blackmail. Well, we want to give a special thank you, Jesus, to our loyal and brilliant patrons and your exceptional taste in podcast. I started sending out our Christmas cards oh, to yeah. some of them. I only had 18 Christmas cards, not everybody. <laughs> we appreciate all of you and hope that you enjoy Unmasked. And don't forget to comment that you want us to do a Ouija board slumber party at Kim's house. I only need two more. Follow Mr. Inc. on Instagram or join us on Patreon to hear our bonus episodes of Unmasked that we do right after Kim and I go potty. <laughs> Find us on both platforms <laughs> under <laughs> at It's Mystery Inc. And you can join us on Facebook at Shane and Josh's Rabbit Hole so we can interact more with all of you. And don't forget we have a new website. It's MysteryInc.com. There you can listen to any of our episodes, enjoy photos, and submit ideas for mysteries or bless your heart. If you enjoy listening to Mystery Inc., don't forget we are now on YouTube so that you can see our lovely faces. Please join us there at Mystery Inc. Podcast, and don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope I'm pointing in the right spots on your screens. (laughs) And if you listen to the show and if you hear something and you're like, oh, I wonder what they're doing there, because sometimes we make physical gestures. If you just see the timestamp on the show, just go over to YouTube real quick and look at the timestamp on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And you'll be able to see that. Like, you don't have to watch the whole YouTube show if you've already listened. I'm real expressive with my uh, eyebrows <sighs> oh, and our no. we're hands talkers. Yeah, we're all we hands talkers. I'm thinking of learning sign language. At least I can be proactive. And if I'm going to talk with my hands, might as well actually say something with it. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> that way you don't have to do closed captions. <laughs> Inclusivity. I'm trying. I downloaded an app. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. At least they get to see my lovely face. I don't know about you guys. Girl, who are you playing? I know my worth. (laughs) 
No, I am my favorite thing to look at. <laughs> we know. <laughs> hey, love yourself he before you can mirrors. love anybody else. That's true. Took me a long time to learn. I tell that. a lot of people that who get into relationship after relationship after relationship and they don't work out and they don't work out right. and they don't work out and they're like, I don't know why my relationships don't work out. I'm like, love yourself before you try to like who are like I, it doesn't make sense to me why people go try to find love when they don't love themselves first. It, you're they not just gonna, don't know how to be alone. Nope. You can't complete yourself. It's dangerous though because you love yourself enough like I do, and then. And if you don't find someone that can love you just as much or even more, it ain't worth your time. <laughs> it's true. And it's true. And then you're going to be like Kim. And keep I, in love the myself, <laughs> I love myself enough that I don't need one. Yeah, they, they remain in the basement. Exactly. They are where they belong, in the basement. <laughs> Get down there. Huh? They only come up when mama needs something. Mm-hmm. When mama's got an itch. <laughs> Yo, uh-huh. you guys come up here and change this light bulb. <laughs> that what they calling it these days? No, mm-hmm. listen. We before we went to the movie the other day, we get to Kim's house and she has like all of these little town, Christmas town, whatever in her window. It's a village. Yeah, and they must have little batteries in them. They do, and like some of them are like flickering. And Kim goes, "Oh." I don't get the good batteries. Those batteries must be draining. And I was like, yeah, you're probably draining them with your other mm-hmm. things. It's, nope. Just, she was it's so a different size. <laughs> she it's was the so, small batteries. Right. Hers takes the, the Car D. battery. Yeah. <laughs> she uses the car battery. Harley motor. <laughs> Hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we also have a YouTube show so people can see Josh's gestures. <laughs> Kim can't help. She has dead titty. She right, needs a car right. battery to feel something. <laughs> dead titty. I literally never heard of that. Phrase. I just thought of it. Dead titty. I know. Well, I know some women. They just don't have very. They're not very sensitive, especially after children. Kind of dead titty. Dead titty. <laughs> what else could you call it? Are you chewing on that? Dead oh, who knew? Titty. Dead titty. No, I've got, I've got, before we leave, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for the episode, not unmasked, but I have a funny titty joke, and it's the funniest titty <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> well, I've mentioned I work Kim out. likes it already. No, it's so funny. <laughs> Did you wear a Depends, Kim? No. Uh, no. <laughs> we all know I've worked at a nursing home in the activities, and... A lot of times, activities, activities, <laughs> but I would go around when the residents were eating lunch, I'd visit them in the cafeteria, and then I would go to the ones when they would eat in their rooms to visit them while they're eating. And this one old lady, I loved her. She was deaf and half blind, and she would yell everything, but she was so precious. And she had, you know, older women have droopier titties is that them. true kim yes it's true it's because of children especially oh, okay. if they had real big kanakas. kanakas they're gonna droop quite a lot when you're 80 to 90 years old and is that just- true kim? <laughs> <laughs> do i look never mind <laughs> i wondered if you really give that to me like nope do I, I wasn't look? opening that door uh-uh. well for lunch that day they had sliced ham like you know 
about that thick sliced ham and they cut it up into smaller pieces so the residents can eat it. And she was a little bit of a messy eater. (laughs) And she had some stuff on her. (laughs) And I went to go pick it off, you know, just getting it off of her chest. And I was like, oh, there's a piece of ham in her lap. (laughs) And I went to grab it. And I pulled and it was attached Oh, it was hanging out of her shirt. And I thought her nipple was a piece of ham. And I, I pulled it and she goes, Ow! I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. But she can't hear me. So she just thinks, that, like, she's like, starts to, I'm like, no, no, it ain't like that. I swear. No, no, I it like, ain't oh. like that. I like the hand gesture. No, no, it ain't like that. <laughs> our grandma used to do this thing with her pinky if she saw a man and she thought that he was gay she'd be like she'd do like you know like how like you would take tea you would like raise your pinky and she would like twitch her pinky oh i think that man over there is and she just twitch that little pinky i don't know what it meant i'd be like oh really grandma i heard he's more <laughs> So Josh, Josh and I will do that every once in a while. We'll see, you know, Josh would be like so flamboyant. You'll just want to throw up. And I'll be like, oh, hey, friend. And I'll be like, hey, Josh's. <laughs> <laughs> see, it's the same thing. Yeah. All right. Do you guys want to go pee so we can start in mass? Please. All right. You guys made me laugh so much. I thought I was going to end up. We were hoping. Thanks for joining us today, friend. Yeah, we'll talk at you all next week. Bye. Bye. Happy New Year. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.